podcast. You're here with Brian Gilronan, Daniel Peterson, and our guest, Billy Rock McCarthy. Yes, sir. Billy has a long history of performing, recording, uh, innovating, engineering, you name it. So I want to just turn it over to him. We can talk about his start. Went to OU in Athens, Ohio, so Ohio shout out, and just everywhere he's been. So, Billy, if you just want to take it from the top, how did you start this journey of yours? So, first of all, thanks for having me. Guys. Oh, man, thanks You're for welcome. being here. This is pretty cool. And again, I'm going to have to cheers my brothers. Yeah. Cheersing. As we begin. Yes, sir. Boom. So, I got my start uh, really early. Um, it started with a, a drum kit for my fifth birthday, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, huh? Paper heads and everything. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and um, it's kind of funny because I was, a, I was a, a hyperactive kid, and my mother, in her infinite wisdom, saw that being channeled basically into a drum set, you know? Hmm. And uh, I credit my parents for that. Uh, I come from a musical family, my grandmother and my great aunts were the infamous Burke sisters. And, um, if you can kind of close your eyes and picture three women, evening gowns, big band behind them throughout the 1940s, late thirties, forties, mm. uh, they would tour all over the uh, country. Um, and back then they toured by train, which was really interesting. And, oh, wow, yeah. um, I was lucky enough to, um, get a hold of my grandmother's diary and uh you know back then they would kind of document their journey on on tour and um you know she was um an amazing performer in person and uh had stories about you know um playing the orpheum radio city music hall um she was from chicago but mm. they would kind of tour as far south i think as st louis um and I came across uh, an entry in her diary of a place called the Arrowhead, which was kind of, um, I won't say a gangster hangout, but, you know, back then it's where those guys would spend spend their time. And it's in Loveland. Really? Yeah. Now it's a uh, it's an apartment complex. <laughs> so it's 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 kind <laughs> of diminished in its reputation. But back then it was a place where you would have two three hundred people big band maybe some nefarious things going on in the back but um she lived the life and passed it down to her children my both of my aunts are phenomenal singers and um so every gathering in my family was um really spent performing you know if you Mm. weren't singing into a wooden spoon then you were in the wrong place Mm -hmm. And, um, so I had that bug early on in life, went through the normal channels of, um, you know, getting sucked into school band. Uh, it didn't last long for me at that age because I had already been playing a whole kit, you know, and I got put on a practice pad with a snare, you know, the drill, right, left, right, left. I'm not taking a step back here, folks. Right. So I, um, you know, played in garage bands through my teen years and um, grew up on the East Coast primarily, lived in New Jersey twice, Virginia, Pennsylvania, eventually uh, made my way here to Cincinnati in 86 and uh, graduated high school, went off to OU. Um, okay. 
We have to ask the Cincinnati question. Where did you go to high school? I went to Moeller, of all places, no if kidding, you can believe no that. Huh? We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually in Lakota School District, but um, I had, uh, I won't say got myself in trouble, but um, there's some shenanigans prior to moving to... Life events <laughs> happen. Yes. Yeah. And uh, my parents were like, uh, you're going to go to Catholic school. So oh, I ended gotcha, up at Moeller. Gotcha. Then OU for five glorious years. And, um, Victory lap. I love it. Yep. And uh, took some percussion ensemble at, at OU, but realized I didn't want to be a music major. So mm-hmm. um, I uh, eventually left OU and spent... A good amount of time at the recording workshop um ah, Chillicothe. in Chillicothe. Ah. I moved there in two or what was nineteen ninety six for um a job, believe it or not. I had all of southern Ohio as my territory and I had a good amount of experience and a lot of hours logged already at the recording workshop, hmm. which is where I met the uber talented Robert Fugate oh, and yeah. Dave Voigt. Right. Um, yeah. I just had lunch with Dave the other day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Dave was really kind of the grandfather of us all in that realm. He was yeah. my college roommate and he went off to the recording workshop to study engineering and oh. began feeding me um sessions. Um Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So that's how okay. that all started. And I met Robert through there and it came to pass that I moved there later for a job. Dave was gone. He had moved out to LA at that point, but Robert was still there and enter Alex Lushed. Oh boy. <laughs> so wait, well, real quick, like, so were you, you weren't like attending work, uh, recording workshop as a student. You were doing more session work. I was right? doing session okay. work. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. And, um, really took advantage of the, uh, fact that while you're in a teaching institution like that, you, you've got, all of these new engineers that are needing hmm. projects and music and artists to come in. So, um, sure. yeah. it gave me a great opportunity to spend literally at this point, thousand hours of studio time in there. And, um, nice. So Alex comes into the scene as a student under Robert and some of the other great instructors there. And we immediately clicked. And, um, at that time, Nathan Witt, had uh garnered a lot of respect in the music world he had um a single shadow jumping that reached um oh, i think it was probably he broke top 40 mm-hmm. in the adult contemporary mm-hmm. charts so he got a lot of attention and as a result of that we jumped on tour with him to support that and at the time we had come out the same launch week that third eye blinded and um while we were on a couple hundred tertiary and secondary radio markets they were on primary radio markets so they really um they had the financial muscle to to right right become what they did right Mm -hmm. right um but we did um some touring with blessed union at that time we we got partnered with them through uh lustig talent out of florida i believe and uh so we lived the dream you know we were on the charts and um had a blast while we were touring and this was probably uh 
97 through 2000. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, we released a second single off an album that we did, which became Nathan Witt and Chief's Tale. And that reached, I think, 60 mm -hmm. on, on adult contemporary pop charts. And um, like a lot of the VH1 stories, you know, a lot of time on the road, maybe a couple too many disagreements. Mm -hmm. Eventually the band parted ways but we've all since kind of reconnected i'm actually doing a oh, show wow. with nathan uh this saturday in really? maysville mm -hmm. nice and yeah so that'll be fun um so that journey with nathan witt's band eventually brought me back to cincinnati where alex robert and i and tiffany um who is our video guru and master of everything really um, formed Mind Ignition, which okay. was kind of a, it was a think tank audio media uh, yeah. endeavor. I'm curious about that. How, because we've talked about Mind Ignition before and, and how, you know, my first encounter with your group was, I believe, Whispering Beard. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, kind of went from there. But, you know, how, I'm just really curious as how did, how did that come about? Like, were you guys just sitting around over drinks? Like, wouldn't it be great if we had this? Like, if you just yeah. describe for the people out there what Mind Ignition does. Sure. Right. Um, right now, we're at a point where um, our our largest client is uh, the Cincinnati Reds. So we do right. um, around 20 concerts in their fan zone each season. Mm -hmm. We do opening day, which brings about 22,000 people down mm -hmm. uh, to Joe mm -hmm. Nux Hallway. Um, we do Reds Fest at the convention center and um, some freelance stuff for them throughout the season. But, um, you know, it was an evolution. We were all musicians first. Right. Um, Alex and Robert also had the bug to be engineers, which is why Robert ended up there. I always operated more in the realm of A2, Robert and Alex are world-class A1 engineers. Yeah, I, I mean, I you'd be hard-pressed to find um, two engineers that are better what they do than those two guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so as that evolution played out, while we loved performing, we also loved the other side of the camera, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that even grew into a video realm which prompted um, our kind of guerrilla channel, Mind Ignition channel, which um, while we didn't have a landing spot, um, we did have a studio, but we didn't have a venue. So we would go to places like Madison or um, 20th Century mm -hmm. and deck the place out, um, get our gear up, and do live shoots almost like Austin city limits, oh, right. you know? Right, so we right. would, yeah. we would, in, in that gorilla style, dress it up, make the curtains match the drapes, you know, give it a cool theme, give it a cool vibe mm -hmm. and then, um, record these artists. And on our channel, you can see there's probably, oh, I don't know, 20 plus episodes that we produced and, um, you know, just trying to bring more attention to the incredible talent that is here in Cincinnati yeah. and regionally. So, right. um, so there's, you know, there's a few different 
points of interest with Mind Ignition. We we do a lot of freelance work with mm-hmm. with artists. Robert's actually out on the road now with um, Over the Rhine. Yeah, He's been yeah I see him all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so there's freelance elements. Alex just finished a couple more albums. You know, those guys are always working with new clients, and then we come together. Um, for festival season, for things like the Whispering Beard and, and oh, yeah, yep. yeah, baby, that was the first time I met you. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Honey in Houston was. We were we were loading onto the stage. I met Rob Fugate, and then this beautiful man appears, <laughs> and he's like, "What's up, man? I'm Billy. Honey in Houston, you're great. Your kit looks great. Everything looks great. It's gonna be great." And I was like, "It is gonna be great. This guy's awesome." You know, like. And just so you know, we'll have pictures on the website so they can see. You can yeah. see Billy Rock's beauty. Yeah. Oh, but silly. yeah, but that, that, seriously though, that was I think that was the first time like I, you know, shook hands, met met you personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the you Whispering know, Beard. That is kind of the the business model that we've built our company on. Yeah. In that. Being musicians as well as crew and production, mm-hmm. we try to anticipate your needs because right. I've been there. I've, I've I've loaded my kid onto a thousand stages. Right, There's nothing right. worse than coming on to a stage and feeling like you're already reviled by the sound crew. Oh, you yeah. know? Right, yeah. yeah. Like and, they're working against you kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, not everybody's happy in their work. Yeah, yeah, and sure. We've always wanted people to feel like the first thing that our our mission is is to dispel any anxiety that you have because right, you're there right, to have right. the best performance of your life. Yeah, and the way that we help that come to fruition is by allaying any concerns, mm-hmm. so that you're not thinking in the technical realm. You should be in the artist realm. Mm-hmm. Right. right, you're there to. It should sound great to you. Your monitor should be perfect. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to um, beg and plead to have a good mix on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, once those things are taken care of, then all of that goes away, and you're actually just p- performing. You know, right? And so that's all. You know, it's all by design. That mm-hmm. you know, we're we're a boutique company. We can't compete with the loud and clears of the world and and the C and D audio. Right. Um, nor do we want to. Um, right, yeah. When we do larger events that we need heavier lifting for, we'll sub that out, you know. Yeah. Um, and we partner up with um, Youth Audio. Uh, Brian is also, was a an instructor at the recording workshop, so we all go back decades. And, okay, um, yeah. He handles a lot of large festivals with, you know, several thousand people. So mm-hmm. when we do something like The Beard, that's when we'll bring in some extra muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still produce the show from top to bottom mm-hmm. yeah from what you saw right being greeted before you even reach the stage to the end result which is a good mix at front of house mm-hmm. right right mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i think it's cool because you you know was it you alex and rob that were in the band for that was traveling around yes so yeah like you said you guys know not only what it's like being on stage but what it's like playing in front of 50 people 3,000 people mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the whole range of all of that Yes. And it it comes through in your work, I think. You yeah. Know, it's it's really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, my humility is fully intact. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. played in front of yeah. the bartender. Right. And I've right. played in front of 5,000 people with, yeah. you know, singers from Toto, Journey, Kansas, yeah. Fabulous Thunderbirds. Um, wow. A lot of Yeah. Them. What's that like? Like, and, and not just what's that like touring and everything, but what's, what's the, what it's like 
the you know the big disparity there like, um you know at the end of the day um it's about the performance mm -hmm. but at first it was kind of intimidating you know when our first kind of real break was um doing the handful of shows that we did with blessed union that was my mm -hmm. first exposure to wow this is real right and, and looking out and seeing several thousand people yeah. in the audience and knowing that you've you've got one shot right you know there is no retakes right. in a live yeah, show right yeah um were so, you coming from that like was that so that was, that was like one of your first big tastes of the were yeah. they just blowing up that band blessed union of souls no they, they had been... they had already had a number of hits okay so they were well established yeah so, so you really were like being brought on the train ride yes yeah. Yeah. nice and and opening for them was the first time where we were hmm. in a different part of the country and um you know it's it was crazy because we were we we were getting airplay on a number of radio stations and um a couple of the towns that we played in looking out in the audience people knew the lyrics and that was the first time i was like oh, wow. how do these strangers know <laughs> right this song They've been following us <laughs> right and um so there's some really cool elements to that but the mm -hmm. disparity between um playing you know as we all have in tiny little bars mm -hmm. you know on a rough night when there's 11 of your friends out there and a show where um you've got cameras on you yeah. and there's there's uh, you know that pressure for perfection really sure um it, it it's it can be overwhelming but the more i did it the more i realized it's just music man and they're yeah. just people right and even the people that i was starstruck by um the first big show that we did like that was an 80s tribute show um where did we do that we were on the road with philip myers for several weeks um so we had literally no time to um come back home and rehearse so we were mm. rehearsing on the road really yeah. and this the lineup for this show was um bobby kimball from toto um alex Ligertwood from santana his hit uh, if you remember um i'm winning I'm winning. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was him. Bringing me back. And hold on, nothing's the same. Tell oh, me why yeah. I feel this way. <laughs> and he's a tiny little Scotsman, mm -hmm. which I accent and I everything. Just oh yeah, yeah. Really? And and um, just a phenomenal singer. And Fergie yeah. Fredrickson, who is unfortunately no longer with us, he he did some uh, singing with Sticks and oh a few other acts. Mm -hmm. You know, these were all you know bonafide rock stars from the 80s um we had uh kim wilson who was just an absolute pleasure to work with from the fabulous thunderbirds yeah. um john cafferty from the uh beaver brown band um tommy two-tone jim yep. keller is his real name okay uh and let's see i think that may have been it but so we came into the show we did I think like three songs from each artist. So they were embedded in the middle of the uh, Philip Meyer show. So okay. we came out, we kind of bookended it. And then it, they were supposed to be kind of reveals. Mm. You may remember oh, this star from the, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. you know, and yeah. so Bobby Kimball came out and did Rosanna, Africa oh, cool. and hold the line. Yeah. 
um, the pressure that I felt performing behind those guys was by far the greatest mm-hmm. that I, that I sure. dealt with. Um, mainly because all of those, uh, particularly Toto, you know, I'm following Jeff Picaro. Yeah, geez, no pressure there, huh? Yeah. Right. But uh, all the shows turned out great. Rosanna shuffle down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know you've made it when you have a shuffle named after you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but um, I can uh, get you links to the, to, we have those, um, those are all taped performances. So nice. I'll I have video up there. Up there. Yeah, it, it's, it's cool to see. And uh, so we've had the opportunity through Philip Myers Band to do a lot of shows like that. Um, Kevin mm. Chalfant, who sang with Journey, I think he was the f- may- might have been the first one to fill in for Steve Perry after uh, he left. Huh. Uh, just a wonderful man. I've done probably five shows with him, and uh, he's great to work with. Um, the most recent one we did was um, with Kevin Chalfant, um, John Elefante from Kansas. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Fran Cosmo from Boston. And we did that up uh, outside uh, Miami Valley Gaming this past summer. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, that show was, the Boston stuff was challenging because, the, you know, that is well-orchestrated music. Mm-hmm. You know, you listen to it on the radio and you go, ah, you know, I got this song. Mm, yeah, but then right, when you right. dig in, you realize right. all the arrangements and oh, things that are going on. parts. Yeah, so, um, but you know, those challenges, it's funny because I can name 20 drummers in this city that mm-hmm. can eat my lunch mm-hmm. in a second, you know, technically better. And um, it, this, these situations that I've been put into have pushed me in a way that I never thought I would be challenged before. And yeah. um, it, it, it makes me proud. Yeah, because you know, little old me should never, you know, even as a kid, you know, my drums would be in my room. I'd put on my whatever, whether it was you know, Boston or ACDC right. or Iron Maiden or yeah. Zeppelin, and I would just kind of close my eyes and play and imagine, you know, the audience and imagine someday I'm going to be on a big stage, you know, <laughs> yeah, and right. it happened. Right, you know, yeah. it, it blows my mind that yeah, and you it, stepped up, and you yeah, you know, I did, yeah, I did, and um, but it also humbles me and and makes me realize how much I still need to grow, you sure. know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm still on my practice pad a couple hours a day. Good man, and um, you know, I I, I want to. Uh, there's a lot of fight left in this dog, so mm-hmm. you know, I believe it. As oh yeah, as I usher into my late 40s yeah i um i still feel like a kid but i realized that there's 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 a lot left to do i got a lot of work left so Mm -hmm. um you know i'm just i'm trying to push that envelope which kind of brings me to um you know i toured with katie Ryder, who was a absolute gem Mm -hmm. of cincinnati and the daughter of rob Ryder and brother of rob Ryder and andy um, they were like the Partridge family, all of them musically talented, even her sisters and half sisters. Yeah. And um, Katie was on a a a huge uptick. Um, hmm. This would have been I came into the picture, I think, around 2003 or four mm-hmm. and um, played with her up until she was too sick to play mm-hmm. with uh, 
Dave Eberhardt and Lenny Hickey, two amazing musicians here in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we knew all along, I think, that we were kind of delivering Katie to a record label. She had okay. been heavily sought after, and we would play places like the Bitter End, the notorious Bitter End in New York. Um, we'd play uh, Chicago, um, uh, Louisville, Indy. So she she was she was she was on her way. She had a lot of people that had a lot of interest. She also had songs on Dawson's Creek, and um, so she was commercially viable in that way too. So she had and you were you guys were her band at that time. We were her band okay. at that time, and um, right. um, and I also realized you know that Katie was the star, you know, and right. you know I we were going to kind of deliver her lovingly to a label and 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 back away because you know uh, they could find a 20 year old drummer who could go on the road i'm too yeah. expensive i'm too yeah right, needy right. Yeah. At, at you know i need my own room and yeah. <laughs> i need my stuff i need my things no my days of um my days of 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 you know trailers and vans were oh, over yeah over. hardwood floors and stuff yeah that. oh yeah. come on but i did love it you know at 28 yeah i'd sleep i'd sleep on the floor you oh, know yeah. And oh yeah sleep in the van i do it okay. now save some <laughs> <laughs> still doing it <laughs> yeah with nathan's band we um we toured all over we from yeah. from uh key west to to the uh, the rockies to wyoming yeah um we were handled at that time by two promoters. I think, um, oh man, one of them, fr basically from the East Coast to Mississippi, was handled by um, I cannot remember his name, but he was with Atlantic out of New York, um, and his name escapes me because it was twenty years ago. Sorry, yeah. anonymous person. Yeah, we'll find it. We'll find it. We'll put it in the um, yeah, yeah, I, I can I can get that information to you. Uh, and the other. Guy was, I think, uh, Paul Loggins, Kenny Loggins' brother oh, wow. or cousin, who handled us kind of from the Mississippi to the West Coast. But, um, man, we had a blast. We, was that living on the road? I mean, every day, basically? or uh, They were, you know, several weeks. Right. Yeah, so we would stab out and go um, play Larry, Laramie, Wyoming, mm. you know, and... Uh, Nebraska, and then we would play all the ski towns in Colorado yeah. and then come back yeah. through the Badlands. And right, right. Yeah. Then we'd make um, runs from Cincinnati down through Nashville and Georgia and the Carolinas. We played a lot of really, really cool places um, during that time. And, and that was at a time when, you know, we were all, uh, I was barely even 30, I think. So, you know, this was before kids and before yeah. real life responsibilities. So we all, you know, I actually quit a perfectly good corporate job mm -hmm. to really? go, go on the road and make $11. But it, I wouldn't <laughs> really? I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It was, well, it was Oh wow. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, you only live once, right? Hell yeah. And and I had to take advantage of that that uh yeah. opportunity. We didn't know what was going to happen at that time. There was a lot of buzz around Nathan. Um mm -hmm. we were getting radio airplay uh and and successfully um we always joke that we were huge in Hilo, Hawaii, because <laughs> all the radio markets, you know, it's kind of a smash or trash. Yeah. You spit it out there. And see what's, what happens. And what sticks. normally where you hit dictates your tour route, right? Yeah. Hawaii well, was a little Hawaii bit. Hawaii is a little, yeah. Yeah. But we, we had a lot of uh, <laughs> strong support in, in parts of Florida as well. So mm -hmm. anyways, that, that ran its course. Um, it's great, though, because I know I'm being completely and totally tangential, but 
my 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 story is a a confusing web of yeah. connections. No, no. But um, in 2007, is that right? Yeah, in 2007, we got back together and had a reunion show called oh, The Seven cool. Year Itch. So <laughs> all the members of Chief's Tale got back together. It was great. Yeah. And since then, I've had the opportunity to record on a couple of Nathan's albums, um, one being Someday Isle, and he has a new one out now. And um, so it's cool how that came full circle. And, yeah. uh, you know, 20 years later, we're, right. we're still tracking together and making music. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Where is um, he based out of now? He lives in Florida. Oh, cool. And um, he also... Found a home there. Yeah, he has a uh, a really successful canoe livery down um, on a spring-fed river. It's oh, beautiful. Nice. It looks like your aquarium. You look wow. down <laughs> from the canoe and it... Li- you just oh, dude. Clear. It's oh, unbelievable. that's sweet. Because it's, you know, it's freshwater right, fed. Right, right. Um, but after all of that came to pass and we got mind ignition up on its feet and and um established um i you know the bug to perform never goes away yeah it is a cur- yeah. it's a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. um there have been a thousand nights where i've been driving home after a show when it wasn't what you were hoping or mm-hmm. you you're oh yeah you know struggling with the crowd or yep, the pay yep. going what in the hell am I doing, you know? <laughs> and as, as, as down and out as I would be at times coming home from shows the next morning, I would always wake up recharged, you yeah. know, to, to do perform, it again, to do it again. Yeah. It's, it's like being a glutton for punishment, but it's a relationship. You, you you're yeah. stuck in it, you know? And I agree. Uh, yeah. So that bug never went away, which, um, compelled me to continue to work with original artists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Katie was a blessing to work with. Unfortunately, she passed away at 30, oh, way too young. Yeah. Um, it was tragic. And it was around that time too, where another good friend of mine, Chris Walker, um, was in a terrible accident, leaving a show that, that we had yeah. just oh, finished wow. at Turfway park. Oh yeah. And, um, so that was a rough, and I lost my mom later that year. So 2002, 2007 and eight were, were, they were whammies. And, but you know, you, you kind of pull the wagons, pull up your bootstraps and and, and you, you you keep going because Mm -hmm, you are alive. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. around that time I started to really get the bug to, um, take my singing to another level. I'd always been the harmony guy. Um, yeah, because I had drums and mm-hmm. yeah, right, yep, yep. right. And uh, Chris Hooks, who I I really attribute a lot of my success to, kind of propped me up and said, "You need to be lead singing. You need you have the voice. It's time to unleash the hounds." And I was like, "But I don't know if I can. And how am I going to carry the band?" Blah but blah my blah. My fear. Yeah, ah. and yeah. and um, with his support. Uh, we put together the Billy Rock Band, mm-hmm. and uh, Elton Clifton was uh, on board with us at that time. Um, a phenomenal guitar player mm-hmm. in town, who I still record with, and mm-hmm. um, I'll get into that with McCarthy Union in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, they they always say it takes 
you know, seven to 10 years to become an overnight success. And <laughs> right, yeah. I'm, I'm reaching the 10 year point with Billy rock band now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I feel like we are just now starting to catch fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I, I've had a lot of highs during that time. Um, and, and great shows. And, but we are now finally in a position where you almost reach like critical mass, right? Where it's like right. enough people have finally heard and enough people have seen us to where I have what I consider a loyal fan base now. Right. And the, right. the people that come out to see our shows are the best. I mean, it's, it's only because of them that I'm inspired to get out of bed and go put on the best show I can. It's mm. because of their support and they have been great. I've been very, very lucky yeah. to see, you know, week after week, the same people show up and I'm like, y- you're here again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not bored with us yet. Right. Which is why it compels me to continue to grow, add new material, think about what I can do that's um, new for the show mm-hmm. so yeah. that I give people a reason to, continually come back right yeah they're they're giving you that energy and and the loyalty yes and you know i'm lucky to be sidled by the two guys i am chris hooks has has toured all over the world he's played every casino on earth Mm -hmm. um he was a former platter well well vetted and and credentialed and christian robles is i always jokingly call him one of the two percenters uh he is (laughs) Definitely at the top of the guitar food chain. Mm-hmm. And um, he was a Berkeley student, went there with um, the likes of John Mayer, Nora Jones, oh, Alicia wow. Keys, you know, a lot of heavy hitters and uh, hmm. uh, has been successful. I met Christian playing in Worldwide. Um, that's one band I forgot to mention. Um, around 2000, I jumped on board with mm-hmm. them. Funk, dance band, great. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, like um, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Original I got, stuff or? Um, original stuff and cover stuff. Okay. I got to play with Mike Cobb, oh, um, yeah. JT Thigpen, yeah. Danny Manning, Pete Hall, yeah. um, Christian Robles, you know, just uh, yeah. Phil Ritchie, all, all amazing uh, artists. And um, so that was fun and uh, also challenging. It helped right. me grow. I think everybody that I've been exposed to has helped shape and define me mm-hmm. yeah um i had an idea of who i was as a as a as an artist and as a drummer and as a performer and every time i think i have that figured out and i play with someone else it it's like a tapestry i get a new patch it's a new part of me that comes into play and i'm like i didn't see myself i never would have pictured myself this way right, right. or adopting this style of music you know i've right. had the luxury of being able to and this is all through philip meyer's band play with um opera singers mm-hmm. uh, wow that De- i've played with the denver string uh, section symphony uh their string section um i've played with CeeLo. oh you know i've man. played with all the folks i mentioned before yeah. and uh philip meyer's in his own realm is a um world-class entertainer you know he was on the road with uh well almost too many to name but yeah willie nelson celine dion uh he's performed with garth brooks right. he was on the road with elton john for a number of years um he sang for four of the five living presidents he's also he's seen a lot yeah well credentialed yeah. 
And I, I mean, like, as you take those new opportunities, that, you know, that demands a new skill set. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, adopting a new style, and then it's this whole new world that you never oh, really yeah. ventured into. Had it not been a, for that opportunity. It's you know a credit I mean? to like, you. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah. that your spirit is, is open to yeah. those opportunities. I think a lot of people, you know, just get to a point in their life and they plateau. Yeah. And like, I'm, right. I'm good, you know, but... Yeah, you know, it's evident by just talking to you about everybody you're open to playing with and the experience you like. I mean, I think a lot of people get in their. I'm in my lane. Like I play sure. rock, and right. that's what I do. Right. But, no, it's a testament to you, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It it is, you know, there have been times when I have felt that um, I should probably hand this job off mm-hmm. to someone who's more qualified, but. I would never have been able to live with myself right. not having right. given it everything I, I had. And, and it's because of those situations where I felt like there's no way that I'm going to be able to perform on stage with these guys, with the cast of drummers they have a, a choice of. You know, I, I, I'm not in that company. I'm just a simple drummer out of the basement, you know? <laughs> and I mean, that's how I've always viewed myself, you know? Yeah. and. Um, being able to accomplish those things is, is, um, what has made me realize, you know what, you, 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 you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Yeah. Even when I didn't believe that I could, um, you know, you, you just got to put your head down and get to work. And right. I, I realized, what that, do you mean by that? Get to work. I mean, just for conversation, what is that like, you know? For me, put your head down, get to work. Like for you? Right. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, the most recent show, like I had played with John Elefante a couple of times. I played with Kevin Chalfant a few times. So I had their songs under my fingers pretty well. Um. With John, we did uh, "Carry On." Mm-hmm. Um, okay. A point of no return. Uh, he borrowed a foreigner too. We tune. We would do "Cold as Ice" with mm-hmm. him. And a couple other hits that he had from his following albums after, um, uh, I think, I'm not sure where it lands in the uh, um, discography. Oh, right, yeah. But it it was later in Kansas's career uh, that John John (laughs) came came along. Um, But the Boston tunes were particularly challenging. So what I mean by that is where... A lot of drummers who, you know, I can read drum music, but I have to read it at the speed of a turtle. Yes. <laughs> right. So do you I'm, use charts yes. live? No. I, yeah. I mean, I don't either. I have a hybrid of notation yeah. and scribble marks. Oh, that's right. me, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, so. <laughs> the shorthand, Billy shorthand. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I don't read music every day. If it's like anything else. If you read music every day, you can spot read stuff. Exactly. Someone can yeah. put it down and you can play it in real time with the right tempo and treatment to the notes and all that kind of stuff. For me, I've, I've, um, I haven't spent my career, um, in that mindset with that skill set. So, what I do is commit everything to memory. If I'm learning um, a new piece of music, I break it apart. I, I will break it apart by by measure if I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, I reassemble it once I've gotten my uh, 
my fingers under each section uh, and then commit it to memory by by sheer repetition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and, and, and you know, I, I do think that there's an, a, an advantage in some ways to that because it's one thing to be able to play a piece of music um, reading charts, but I don't feel like I would be able to um, give it the full... Uh, you know, the full respect of, yeah. of the performance. Like really engage into what Yeah, because doing. you know, yeah. you gotta get your head up when you're when you're playing in front of a thousand right. people oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, there's yeah. an animated factor that goes on to playing and when I have it committed to memory, I can I can then perform. There's one thing right. to being able to play the music yeah. as as opposed to perform it. So for it works for me. It may not work for everybody else, but mm-hmm. um yeah, so I mean that takes a lot of time. It does, you know. That show of, was probably a hundred hours. That, you know, right? Yeah, you know, just learning a show—it's mm-hmm. a lot of time. It's mm-hmm. a lot of effort, you know. And like you've already said, you know, getting it right—not just getting by, but really nailing yeah. what you're being paid to do, right? You know. And singing enters in a right. whole I new realm. I can't even imagine. I'm just gonna say, that. I'm like, how can you engage <laughs> your percussive performance and make that interesting, and also carry the whole thing with you know with the singing bit yeah i mean that yeah. however your mind is working it's got to be a amazing thing to watch yeah <laughs> uh it, it's kind of like the matrix you know there are times when i i i Dodging am bullets. I'm, I'm, a, I'm above my own body yeah yeah looking down but the the way that i got to that point was always having been a um backup singer harmony guy mm. in the band I already had right. that element of it. Yeah. It was about okay. developing a lead voice instead of the singing voice. the the, yeah, the right, right. third. And it changes the, the spotlight because then it's not. It's not like if I mess it up in the harmony, it's like meh. Whatever. Right now, it's like like spotlight on. No, me. the the yoke instantly got a lot bigger oh, yeah. and heavier to carry. Yeah. Um, but like anything, you develop it through repetition. And for me, um, I had to commit drumming to muscle memory mm-hmm. um okay you know you you and i both can just sit down and and i can say play a groove and you play a groove and you're not thinking about it because right, exactly. it's inherent right. in your yeah. dna at this point yeah you're just um, feeling it yeah so for me it the way we base songs that we cover is um, primarily based on my ability to sing it. If okay. I, if it's, if, if it's, that if it's not sense. something I can sing. Billy yeah. Rock Band? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But, you know, there, there are a lot of challenges along that way too. We do a lot of Steely Dan um, in our show. We do uh, a lot of really challenging music. So, um, you know, for example, just drumming and singing Reeling in the Years mm-hmm. is, is one that I had to spend a lot of time because the, the, the vocal, treatment it, it's not following the bouncing ball it's almost it they're they're almost like they're spoken mm-hmm. in, in many ways okay mm. yeah, yeah um yeah and it doesn't move with the the rhythm necessarily mm-hmm. which a lot of stuff you know like cashmere is another one it does not move with the you know it's poetry oh yeah really okay. uh, over over top of a drum beat um that doesn't necessarily match so I kind of have to take myself out of my body mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. to do that, but um, it's given me the 
the the opportunity to really develop into a lead singer, which I never saw myself as before, and has opened up this opportunity with um, McCarthy Union, this new project. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys just had a record come out in August, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the color of the diamond ring. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, I love the cover. I mean, it's thanks. It's, That's it's a, showing off again. Billy is a beautiful man. Oh, stop. Yeah. It, it really, oh, it, yeah. it highlights quite well. <laughs> you should look it up. Yeah. That was, um, That's on iTunes, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And Is that CD the easiest baby. way to get it? Uh-huh. If you have a subscription, it's free, or nice. you can... Come out to a show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have them available at the shows, and uh, it's available on CD Baby. Um, that was all uh, Ross Van Pelt's photographic work. He's a genius and a brilliant man in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this lineup was conceived through a charitable um, album that like we did fun, every fundraiser year. Fundraiser kind of. Yeah, yeah. New Fidelity would bring in uh, a, a a nice mix of artists every year, mm-hmm. and we kind of named ourselves the One Night Band because we would build the song and um, record it in one night oh that's fun Uh uh-huh and so uh the compilation of this album um done at new fidelity would be i think they gave the proceeds to um like the children's food bank or something it was just a nice gesture for cincinnati yeah i think so yeah tell us about what new fidelity what uh they are actually no more Mm. okay Uh, they were down i think off of um uh spring grove down in that down in that area cool studio and um okay um, Chris, um, he, he's in the cliff tones. I, I, I'm, I apologize. His last name is escaping me. Um, is one, was one of the partners in that group okay. and, and, uh, Elton Clifton who, uh, plays guitar with me a lot, um, was an engineer there. So, okay. Gotcha. He assembled myself, Scott Hacker, uh, Greg Tudor, Joel Cotton, Alex Lush, you know, interchangeable members depending on the year. And we we did we've done probably five or six Christmas songs to contribute to that. And then at one point Scott Hacker was like, I, I actually have other songs. And so we went in, tracked them. I wasn't sure if it was just gonna be like those a lot of those sessions that never go anywhere yeah, you know sure. it's just right. something for us to enjoy right and uh those guys <laughs> took the ball and and ran with it and yeah we we rec- it's funny we recently shot a video um with with cell phones essentially four cell phones hmm. and huh. it's Five uh cell phones four cell phones yeah and it's up uh it's it's got it's almost up to ten thousand views oh, wow. now and um, it's one of the title tracks, Best of Me, off the album. But um, it's really an interesting um, album because, again, I've been challenged in ways that I wouldn't have guessed before. The album is, is really, there's not one theme going on. It's very diverse from song to song. Um, yeah. Best of Me is kind of a rocker punch to the face kind of yeah. oh yeah um but then you've got songs like die trying and prison cell that are really um kind of heartfelt and 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 just a, a, almost a different genre of music but yeah. uh it's pretty cool because this is the first time i've been um in the front seat right 
of 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 a, you know I've always been in a supporting role mm. with ever I've I've recorded on countless albums just being a drummer years. and yeah yeah yep. right, and right, and right. and offering my vocals and and drumming but Scott gave me the chance to and Elton gave me the chance to really collaborate and co-write so um it was it was cool cool process and and we're already um underway on the second album and we'll be oh, shooting wow. some more videos so cool yeah so look for that that is awesome yeah yeah, yeah. i'm pretty excited about it yeah huh. and, and so that'll just kind of partner you know we will do a couple of shows do the album um and maybe there's a, an opportunity to do something embedded in in billy rock show um you know we're all this this town as you know the click of musicians is is pretty tight and and yeah. and and small really you know yeah. i i feel like i know just about everybody in this town that that is out on the scene at least right 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 but so yeah that uh that kind of catches catches you guys up to what wow that's a lot of what a whirlwind There's so much yeah. going on it's, again it's really impressive like that your passion has just remained just i'm just burning you know it's evident just talking to you yeah about how much you you love it and can see yourself doing it forever really yeah i mean yeah i mean it doesn't seem like you're planning on a retirement anytime soon no <laughs> and you know why i have that i have that motivation because there's not a day that goes by that I'm not completely and utterly fascinated and excited about being around. That's awesome. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so fortunate, you know, I'm not dealing with any illness. I've got both arms, both legs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's no excuse yeah. not to be motivated to be out there doing it. Yeah, and, yeah. um, that will be my motto until I take my last breath. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, what am I going to do today? And, like today, I'm here with you guys. That's right. Which it's is crazy. cool. I love it. You know, one of the things that like getting to know you and, you know, I, I love that you do is, is your approach to cultivating your fan base, mm -hmm. you know, I think is really unique, um, you know, at least, you know, of anybody that I know. I mean, you really take the time to really engage with, like you say, these people come out week after week after week, but I mean, you're also engaging with them you know, just remembering their names, things like yeah. that, you know, and then cult, you kind of, seems like you curate your show based on what they're wanting, what they respond to. And I, I think that's something that's really important. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you want to be an independent musician or artist, you know, you got to create your own fan base. You do. And you got to, you know, nurture that and stay on top of things. And I don't know if you could share any words of wisdom, yeah. you know, that you found. Um, Again, it comes from a place of humility and I am so um, honored that someone would get ready, hop in their car, make plans, get babysitters, spend money, drive across town to hear me right. play some songs. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. with all the priority, priorities yeah. there are on, on the earth the fact that someone is going to take out um, a, a portion of their evening to come watch me perform is is the ultimate um, honor for mm -hmm. me. So they're my top priority. Right. Mm -hmm. I care more about them than I do 
any other aspect of my business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky to be able to play music. I would do it in the basement here with you guys <laughs> yeah, if you right. wanted to jam because it's yeah. in our DNA and we yeah. love to play. Right, right. The fact that I can go set up in public and someone is going to come and give me their attention is is it's 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 mind blowing to yeah, me. Right. And maybe it's because I'm a cynical old bastard, but <laughs> I, 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 would, I do. You know, no, I, I agree with that, man. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I yeah. I can't help but critique when I go right, out. Okay. You know, I mean, I rarely get the chance anymore because it's a paradox that we live in. I don't. Yeah. Sure. You're always working. Always working, yeah. right, and, and right. not not right. um, not at all connected at, like I should be to the scene because you know I just simply can't get out yeah. when I want to see music, but um. Yeah, they are my top priority, and I want them to know that. I, I announce it from the stage, how yeah. much I value them. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it may come across as cheesy, but people that know me know that it's not. You know, yeah, that sure. I honestly mean it, because without them, I, 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 I'm, I'm doomed, you know? And you brought up a good point about the, um, the, the, the capturing of your fan base and, and, and with the situation that the labels are in and, and where they have evolved yeah. from, mm-hmm. um, and the advent of all of the social media and aspects of the internet, we have been empowered now with the opportunity to create our own enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so right. if right. you can get a handful of people, right to stop what they're doing and come out and see you or buy your CD or watch your video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, You have the beginnings of an enterprise. Yeah. And so then it becomes a matter of, okay, well, what do I do with these views? What do I do with this interest? What do I do with these humans that want to connect that want to connect? And, you know, I've always, I'm kind of late to the game in that technological realm, but uh, I, I do make the effort, you know, yeah. um, to thank people for all all of the interest that they have. You know, I, I get back and comment when someone mm-hmm. says, sounds great. I, I yeah, go, I, right. I don't just hit like mm-hmm. on their comment. I go, thank you, yeah, Susan. Yeah, you engage with people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I let them know that I value them. And yeah. I think there is a, you know, what we do on stage is part of the picture. It's not the whole picture. Mm-hmm. It is. Right. What, it's a very small part of the picture. Right. It's like ways. an iceberg, yeah. right? Yeah. You, see, you see a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I want people to, I, I want them to, I, I, I want to know them and I want them yeah. to get to know me. And so what I often do is um, what I refer to as touching tables. On a set break, I will go out and make the effort to right walk the room right and shake hands and thank people for coming and mm-hmm. s- you'd be amazed that for so many people there a lot of times they're surprised or just overjoyed that y- you're taking the time and I'm like of course I am yeah, right. why wouldn't I you know but that little gesture it's like walking a rarity it it is and it's like walking into um any store and you see someone with their name tag on and you say, hi, Karen. Right. How right. are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give people 
a sense of worth, self-worth, just by referring to them by their name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's those little gestures, I think, that um, help me take my f- fan relationship to a friend relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what they are. You know, um, I, I almost feel like it's derogatory to call them fans. They're friends. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, they are the they are the engine that keeps me motivated to, to do what I do. I think that's an amazing attitude. And I wish, you know, that everybody did that, really. I mean, you oh, can yeah. just see the joy when you're talking about it. Yeah. I yeah. love talking about that same attitude like bringing joy to people i saw on your and i think everybody should go to it's go to go to we'll say it again but billyrockband.com and if you look at videos the last videos airport delays yeah i i gotta ask was that staged or was is that an impromptu no that's all legit can you set that scene for us because i i I brought (laughs) it it brought a smile to my just trying to you know do a little research today just that video really caught my eye and, and seeing you well you can set the scene yeah so we were on the road uh, with Philip Myers band mm-hmm. at that time. I think we were in Florida, somewhere okay. in Florida, um, Miami, Orlando, mm-hmm, something. And um, when we move through the airport, we are we're we don't look like tax guys. Yeah. So it, <laughs> you stand out. And yeah, and leather jacket. Yeah, looking. Pretty yeah. freaking cool. Yeah. So leery <laughs> eyed. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were at the, our gate waiting. To, you know, Alex and I are always um, the first thing that we do is is go to the the gate agent and and talk about our upgrades. What <laughs> what can we do for us today? <laughs> How you doing, Alice? You look beautiful today. No, you're kidding me. Anything left in first class? Oh, that's great. <laughs> and um, pro tips. Yeah, you'd be amazed, man. All That's you have awesome. to all you have to do is ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not afraid of hearing no, ask. Yep. All right. the time. Right. Because fifty percent of the time and you're in a hotel and you go, you know, can I have something with a better view? Do you think you could get me up? And you, you compliment someone on their, their necklace or their Make hair. Their day a little nicer. Boom. Yeah. Stuff starts happening. <laughs> so I'm the great asker. I will always ask. And of course, we went up to, to the gate agent, and Alex and I started putting on the charm and, and <laughs> asking her how her day was and mm-hmm. how Delta has been treating her. And, and <laughs> she got into this mode immediately where she was like, I know you guys are entertainers, aren't you? And I was like, no, we do taxes. And she was like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she said, why don't you sing me a song? And I said, can I right? sing everyone a song? I was like, right, right here, right now? Uh and she said, yeah. She said, I'm leaving in two weeks. I don't care. And I I said, you know, I, I'm going to go over here and grab a drink while we're waiting. And uh, if you still want me to when I come back, I'll, I'll sing something for you. So I, Alex and I went across to the bar thinking that maybe she would forget or whatever. Um, and I came back and, of course, she was eyeing me from a distance oh, and, wow. and gives me the the come here finger uh-huh. and um, this is in an airport right <laughs> right right <laughs> and uh she was like come back behind the counter and i was like i'm gonna get tackled by tsa at any second <laughs> they're watching <laughs> and so she she hands me her little her little um intercom oh, yeah the, the microphone right yeah yeah and she was like go for it and i was like all right i and I, I did ask her, I was like, what's this going to get me? You know, I was like, what do you, <laughs> nah. what, do you what do you got for me? And she's like, I don't know. Maybe your seat will change. 
<laughs> so I uh, unleashed a little Al Green on her. And before I yeah, know it. Did. What song did you sing just so people know? Uh, I did. Let's, let's stay together. <laughs> loving your weather, weather. Oh, it's beautiful. And by the end of it, you can see at the end of the video when Robert Robert Fugate was one that was mm-hmm. yeah, Lush was Alex all. Lush was out there like oh, yeah. jamming, he clicking was, the whole time. He was right yeah. there. Um, he is definitely my partner in crime. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, we had uh, we had garnered an, a, a legitimate audience yes. for that, and um, and and it did change our seats. So that yeah. just goes to show you. <laughs> wow, and that I mean, yeah, that's like you in a nutshell. I love that the, bringing the people scene, together. Mm-hmm. Just the joy on it's everybody's great. face. Yeah. I mean, you made people. I mean, it's it's titled "Airport Delays," and I think it really catches like that. That's a miserable thing to deal mm-hmm. with, but but in that moment for those people, it was it wasn't so terrible. No, no, so. it was great. You know, um, I, I I'm still waiting for it to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, maybe I, you can I, help I, with that. I don't know. I don't know how to make th- that happen. Yeah, yeah. but we know. did submit it to Ellen's show. Oh, cool. Um, yep. Oh, good, idea. Generous, yeah. good idea. But I don't know. Maybe there's a copyrighted issue. I, yeah. Who knows? Right. Yeah. You never know with all the YouTube laws these with days. With all the, uh-huh. all the stuff yeah. we're but trying yeah, to break through. That was cool. And that it. happens more often than not. Um, that one happened to be captured on film. Mm-hmm. But, you know. In, it's just kind of how you live your life. Yeah. I love it. And and in a future podcast, if you if you if you dare to bring alex and robert on oh no that's you're on the you're on our agenda he he will he he is the great storyteller alex remembers a lot of stuff that i've forgotten Mm -hmm. sure um yeah and and he is he can he can man he can tell a story Mm -hmm. and he's got a lot of them from the road no Mm -hmm. we got to get the whole my ignition crew on we We got to figure that out yeah he'll i'll 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 set him up for this one yeah i'll make him tell the story of when we were stranded in (laughs) dallas for eight hours (laughs) and managed to get um one woman arrested by the houston or the dallas police (laughs) or were we in houston we were in Texas right. at an airport. The Texas law enforcement <laughs> and, involved. Uh, another woman uh, was uh, we, she. Well, we just we, we we dropped her off at her gate, and um, they the 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 long and short of it is that they tried to drink with professionals. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and we also um, spent the day with a lot of uh, military folk who were stranded too from all branches mm-hmm. and so we started buying drinks because i i'm <laughs> also one of those people that no matter where i am if i see someone who's in the military i go up to them and i say i want you to know how much i appreciate your sacrifice it matters so much to me i'm hugely patriotic in that way and um I say it from the stage, if you served, if you have family or friends that have served, you have my ultimate respect Mm -hmm. because it is only because someone is standing guard 24 seven, 365 days a year that we're able to enjoy the the life that we have. And it's easily forgotten. And it, it, it's something I'm passionate about. So Hmm. I never served myself. I have family that have, Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it is something that's very important to me as a result of that. We ended up spending about eight hundred bucks that day, <laughs> me and Alex. Oh my! Buying so it started with a trickle. Yeah, a couple of guys. And you know, we had been drinking for about 
two or three hours at this point. And I saw some guys come in and I told the waitress, I said, we, we got them. Their drinks and lunch. Wow. Then a couple more come in and we're like, oh, God. we got them too. And then a couple more come in. And then the, there's a scene that's created because these guys are coming up to us now and introducing themselves to us. They're just because, hopping on the bill. Well, they just, they, well, oh. they're, 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 they came to thank us. Yeah, right, you know? right. And so oh, now we've got a swarm around us. Right. And, you know, we're, we're getting to know these people <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of attention being directed in our direction. A lot of eyes on y'all. Yep. And so they just start pouring in. And, you know, we got to a point where we're like, well, we can't, we can't buy for some and not others. So, it oh eventually it, it it got up there, but it was worth it <laughs> because, um, the looks on their faces was yeah. was was priceless. And yeah. I had one guy who was a um, uh, he was a ranger, special forces ranger, and he came up to me literally. This was after a few hours, you know, and it had been established at this point that those two shaggy looking guys right, yeah. had been buying. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> drinks and, and food for all the military folks that came in. And he approached me with, with tears in his eyes and he yeah. gave me what they, what's uh, it's called a challenge coin. They uh, cycle through the military. It's kind of like a Trump card oh, yeah. in a way. Um, but it's usually kept within the military. And uh, he said, I gave out like a handful of these last year for, for acts of whatever, and he said, I want you to have this one. I was oh, like, wow. I cannot take that, brother. I'm yeah. not yeah. worthy. And he said, no, what you did today was was um, truly honorable. And I was like, that's, it, it made me feel great, but I still didn't feel worthy to even accept it. But it was cool that 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 he recognized that um, someone cared, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's but huge. all the that's stuff that huge. happens... Down to us having a, a an all right. So at one point, I, I see. I shouldn't be telling the whole story. Yeah, Alex is going to tell it much better. <laughs> Different perspective, right? But I'll set it up and say that there is a lot of shenanigans that go on throughout that day. Um, cops arrested people. <laughs> us being chauffeured by a uh, uh, a naval officer to our gate, which had the jetway had been closed. Because Alex and I were um, feeling good. We were feeling real good <laughs> go. at that time. And our flight got mo delayed. You know, everyone was trapped for the day because of weather. Our flight got moved to a completely different concourse. Mm -hmm. And I can remember Robert's like, you know, we're going to a different. And we're like, God, I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. <sighs> and that came back to haunt us. Yeah. But, sure. So we got escorted by the military through the airport to a different concourse to a jetway that was closed. And wow. the lady was the, the, the gate agent was like, they can't come in here. Oh, here's the other thing. We had no tickets, <laughs> no tickets. <laughs> the, the, everyone else had been reissued tickets, right? Oh my and gosh. Oh my God. Yeah, and Alex were... and I had no tickets. Um, <laughs> the gate agents like, there's no way in hell these guys are getting on the plane. And he said, Open that door. Wow. And wow. door opens. We walk onto this plane, no tickets, no vetting, no nothing. To you our rock and roll vest. To 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 a a furious uh packed plane. Wow. Yeah, right. Because they had been holding this. You know, these people have been waiting. Yeah, yeah, they're ready to go. 
And we are each ushered into our own exit aisle on a packed plane and just dumped in our seats. And then the, 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 uh, the steward on that plane immediately came and snuck Alex and I little baby bottles of bourbon <laughs> before we had reached 10,000 feet. Wow. It's crazy. Ah, but there's a lot of other. See, that's it just never the, hurts to ask is what that's you're just saying. That's just the right? never hurts to and by ask people drink. lesson of this podcast. Here's another little known <laughs> do, fact. Do not be afraid. You know the, 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 the people carts? Oh, yeah. The people golf carts? People and, and yeah, 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 yeah. They have to stop if you ask them. You do not have to be infirmed. We have also used them to take us bar hopping <laughs> in the Atla- oh. Atlanta airport. For no extra charge. Yeah. I, we, we stopped and we said, hey, um, can you take us to the bar? You know? And, and she's like, yeah. And so we got <laughs> oh, to the yes bar and I was like, so you pick up anybody, right? Not just old and infirmed. And, and she was like, yeah, if you ask, I, huh? I, I basically am obligated to stop if I, if I have room. And I said, well, here's a fiver. Can you come back and get us in, you know, in, in, a, in a few so minutes? Sweeten the deal. And sure enough, she did. So, I mean, Damn. it's it's like a taxi service yeah. in, the, in the airport. I'll have to, yeah. Don't be afraid to ask. Little, little, be humble right. and, and engage. That's what I'm wow. picking up. Well, Billy, my man, this has been a fun conversation. Yeah. Um, any, uh, before we wrap it up here, where can, you know, again, where can we direct people to find you, see you, buy your stuff? What do you got going on? Right. Lay it on us. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I do have a site up now i believe or it will be up in the next uh couple of weeks bef- at least uh right after new year's um www.billyrockmusic.com okay. and that website is going to kind of feed into all my other interests along with philip myers band okay. um billy rock band mm-hmm. uh mccarthy union and mind ignition so gotcha. i was trying to find a way to kind of streamline this so there's one hub that kind of gives everyone a picture of who I'm involved with and in what capacity, you know. Right. So um but uh billyrockband.com is is a good source for all of my upcoming shows um with my band. Uh philipmyersmusic.com is where you can find out uh what we've got going on as far as his realm. Cool. Uh, I know we're going to, and things like that. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. going to Budapest this year. Nice. Um, I think we've got a Costa Rica trip coming up, and um, dates in Florida and and around the world. It's really it's fun. Sounds awesome, man. And if anybody wants to connect with you with Mind Ignition, yeah, um, I think that site now is uh, we did have Mind Ignition Channel dot com, mm-hmm. but I think it's Mind Ignition dot net. But I might have to. Um, clarify that because we okay. have shifted uh migrated sure, some of sure. it yeah. is mind ignition m-i-n-d-i-g-n-i-t-i-o-n mind ignition.net correct it's where you can find them today cool he's like got to do that happen nice. um huh well yeah so we want to say thank you again to billy rock yes this is brian and daniel you've been yep. listening to the easy mojo podcast check us out every week and we will see you soon Thank you all. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir.